I don't jump out and, you know, stick my dick in any AI socket that people put out. Hello and welcome to episode number 248 of Grumpy Old Ben's Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where Bitcoin is up, but the temperatures are down. And from America's left coast, where I could get behind an AI trained on Tumblr data, I'm Ryan Pemrose. Is Tumblr still there? Didn't they shut them down? Wasn't it filled with porn? No, well, it was filled with porn and then they didn't shut it down. They actually, they ruined it. I could, I could get behind an AI train. And this was one of my stories, an AI trained on data from Tumblr, say pre 2017. Well, back when, back when it was good because it was full of porn because it was a lot more fun. Yeah. Because it was interesting because, because it wasn't just another shitty live journal clone. Well, every, all social media goes to shit. There's your ISO. All social media goes to shit, no matter what the intentions are. It's always going to be uh, a slow ride to hell, maybe a fast ride to hell. Speaking of which, I should turn our live tag on so people know we're live on the Mighty No Agenda stream. In in the troll room, they're actually confused as to whether or not we're live. We're very rarely live. I I set the record straight by pointing out that we are, in fact, pre-recording this show in real time. Right. This is definitely not live. We are pre-recording the show, but also streaming it. Yes. Yeah. To be fair, this is behind Let's the not. scenes. <laughs> Why be fair? Exactly. Exactly. The AI, though, there was some story that I didn't quite understand that was it WordPress and somebody else were going to hand over data. That, that is precisely the story that I was trying to segue into with my intro. Well, you so, did very well then, because it reminded I, me exactly of that. I'm like, I know I heard this somewhere. So the the actual piece of information which i had to dig through several paragraphs and multiple news articles to find is that automatic is in talks with midjourney and OpenAI. uh it, it is unclear whether or not the data transfer has already happened but it seems to be a foregone conclusion at least according to the i i hate calling them journalists at this point but right. the the tech news blogs that i have to read in order to get information because i'm not actually out there collecting I do. I don't do journalism either. Just want to make it right. every clear or make it very clear. I don't go out and contact companies either. I read the blogs and rags and try to apply my critical thinking skills to determine whether or not they've got their heads up their asses. The answer and default is most of the time. Although now I want but, to hear the audio of a phone call of you trying to call like Microsoft and so oh, yeah, being yeah. like, this is Ryan Bemrose. Yeah, me on, on board with their, their press line. Uh huh. <laughs> who are you with uh, grumpy old Ben's and angry tech news uh, we don't see those on the list here yeah it, it, it would I, i'm pretty sure that i could probably hold out for at least 90 70 seconds before i started resorting to profanity with them <laughs> well then only imagine if they gave you information uh, yeah well <laughs> all your data belongs to the ai i, I could probably prompt 
provoke them into giving me information about my lineage and okay uh so the actual piece of information is that automatic is in talks with mid-journey and open ai to use uh the data sets from their uh social media platforms specifically tumblr and wordpress which are both owned by the same people but kind of different platforms um in order to help train some version of an LLM and uh, the, the data, I, I, I think it might have already, I, I don't, I think it might, the deal might already be done because there are, I, again, I, I, I saw screenshots in the article of uh, a new option in the settings that you need to click in your Tumblr account. Does anybody have a Tumblr account? I'm not convinced it's anything but bots. Yeah, I don't. But that might actually be how AI kills itself is is uh, all Tumblr users are AI and then you feed the AI data to okay. It feeds itself data yeah. and then it creates more things but so it could feed itself more and it'll just keep going. In in the Tumblr settings, uh there was a screenshot that's I can confirm to you that at the very least uh 404 Media took the effort to mock up a screenshot or they took one that said uh prevent third party sharing in the Tumblr account. Uh, now, most of these articles were all about Tumblr, which I honestly don't care about. Like I said, when they banned porn in what, 2018 or so, Tumblr just stopped being remotely interesting to anybody in the world. But WordPress.com, there are a lot of people who call themselves bloggers or, or even journalists who have WordPress.com accounts. Um, you know, you and I use WordPress, the software, yes, but we self-host it, both of us. Yes, and I've never understood because you can even log into a self-hosted WordPress site with the generic WordPress account. And I'm like, why would anybody do that? I no. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I could never figure out a reason why. So um, I know they forced <laughs> you to get if you wanted to use some of the add-ons and things that I do, you had to have a WordPress account. So there are a lot of people that probably do that. And I'm sure. And there are a lot of open source uh, add-ons out there that do exactly the same thing and don't require an account. Yeah. But then you have to go find them and you're never sure if they're going to be the ones that are uh, going to tank your site and send all of your information. I, you to know, China. And if it's free open source and doesn't collect your data, you're usually paying by installing a backdoor on your site. I mean, you gotta, you gotta take your lump somewhere, right? Yeah, it's getting paid for somewhere. That's we've told people that from day one, it's like, if you're not paying anything for whatever you're using, you're the product. If you're using a website, they're selling ads. If it is software, same thing, which is why it, if you find some of the software that you use, to be worthwhile, whether it's, you know, Thunderbird, which I use for my email, whether it's Tixati that I use for a BitTorrent or whether it's that podcasting 2.0 chapters app created by some crazy dude out of uh, Seattle. You want to heard of it. You want to help support them. Although you know, I will point out that in today's social media and uh, online services landscape with, uh, you know, you to any opportunity to use the word in shitification now. That advice is not as good because it is more likely that you pay them and they inflict ads on you. Thank you. Fuck off Amazon. <laughs> well, you pay them for one thing and then they charge you for another. It's way more fair that way. Uh, -huh. 
or you pay them for something and then they charge you again and again and again and then they show you ads and then they hire somebody to deliver their packages so it all works and then and then they write up all of their stuff with ai and it ends up being totally woke that's uh the company will go have to cover it will go all ai at some point okay let me just let me just stumble through this automatic one uh story the rest of the way uh so i the only reason i say stumble through honestly we don't have any more information other than they're in talks and it looks like it's happening because the ai or the, the ui on the sites has been updated to say uh opt out okay I want to complain about where this story came from. It came from 404 Media. Now, I did manage to find several other stories, all of which ended up referring back to 404 Media. Mashable was the one I went with because they didn't, well, because their site works without JavaScript and they didn't fucking subscribe wallet like 404 did. When I was digging through. This is still nefarious. Anytime there's a story that goes ape, for lack of a better word, viral then uh, all point backs it all points back to one site it's like is this even true yeah well there's always that question because it's always possible that the ai i mean journalists at 404 media hallucinated it all uh-huh and the moment you put out one article that seems to look authentic then everybody else copies it so right I, this this entire selling your user data to train ai might be completely false but boy does it sound plausible yeah, but, just like Wendy's is going to use surge pricing. Yeah, it sounds plausible. So why not? You know, I honestly, I don't bring stories because I think they're true. I bring stories because they give me an opportunity to get outraged at them. Yeah, and they're entertaining. And they're entertaining. Which well, is and a- more importantly, for some reason, the listeners of this show, and I don't quite get it, are entertained by my outrage. Yeah, if you're happy, they're not happy. If you're That's happy, they're not happy. It. Yeah. See, because really the people that listen to grumpy old men's, they're not happy until you're not happy. So on the 404 media article at the point where it had the article, you know, it does the, the, where the text kind of fades away down as the paragraph continues. I hate that. Yeah. And, and then it pops up with subscribe to view the rest of this article. And I didn't subscribe spoiler alert. I did not feed them my email address and put my, but there was also a little tiny link that said, why do we do this? And I was curious, why do you do it? They, they felt like they needed to actually say why they were putting a subscribe wall on it. Yeah. They wanted to and, defend it. And they want, you know, in order to subscribe, by the way, they are not charging money. They just want your email. And I clicked in this, which, by the way, took me to a page with about five times as many words as any of the articles I've ever seen on their site. Um, <laughs> That's a good sign that something's amiss, too. Of why we require your email in order to let you read our journalism. Because and, we are selling uh, it. it. Well, it, they're not selling it to you, though, because they don't want money, which is I, I don't know if that's more honorable or just weird. But they definitely want, and the reason is they want to be able, and they say this up front, to send their articles directly into your inbox. That is the primary way that they want to deliver their journalism. Ah, so they're running more of a mailing list than a website. Slight flashback to 1987, but sure. 
Well, see, um, I get this because there's a few different people that are using this exact model, and it is a little bit different. I mean, I get it, but it's not one that I've ever lacked, pun not intended, subscribed to. I don't like so it. So it was a few paragraphs down below that we actually get to why it is that they wanted that model. AI is stealing our work. <laughs> And then like 15 paragraphs of whining about how journalism is hard and journalists should be paid a lot more than they are. And they should be respected a lot more than they are. And how, you know, this site is run by real human journalists and we don't use AI and and you need to respect our work because it's hard. And we put a lot of effort into like I don't give a fuck how much effort you put in or whether you're surviving or not it what's important to me is is your article any good and if you put it behind a damn subscribe wall i don't know i'm getting a negative opinion by your subscribe wall and now i'm really not that incentivized to give you anything and i'm certainly not incentivized to subscribe to your rag just to hear rumors from and i'm not making this up 404 media's official source for this article was, quote, a source with internal knowledge from Automatic. <laughs> Anonymous sources. Got to love Wait, it. I, yeah. I had to go to the Mashable article who pulled that line out of the subscribe walled content. But the source of this information, and I'm not saying it's false, but boy, does this fill me with confidence. Uh, they have, from within Automatic, a, quote, source with internal knowledge. Okay. So it's not all right for AI to harvest your work, but I'm supposed to be okay with entering my data into your marketing database so I can get rumors from a source with internal knowledge. You got it, 404. I get it. Journalism is hard and it can continue dying. Journalism is hard, which is why nobody's really doing it now. And I just want to point out that here at Grumpy Old Benz, we do not ask for your email address or any personal data at all in order for you to listen. In fact, we'd rather not have them. I don't want to know who listens to this show. That would give me nightmares. It's an interesting, you know, one thing I've never really thought of was how people look at journalists and how that has been changed now by the amount of crappy AI stories that are being names are being slapped on them like they're being written by real people. But this is what we're going down that rabbit hole. You're never going to. I'm not even sure that AI was not transformative. AI changed the degree a little bit, but but crappy AI story that the downward spiral of people's opinion of journalists started with the really crappy stories being written by human people, many of whom have absolutely no writing skill, but what they do have and therefore are drawn to the ability. They're drawn to any position where they can influence people because what they have is a political agenda and they want the ability to publish stories under the name of in order to push their political agenda and try to force their opinions on you. That is when the name journalism started getting dragged through the mud. Right. Well, what it became in the constant quest for having to have your website updated was a bunch of companies that hired people and paid them like we need an article about this, you know, give us a thousand words, whatever it is. And which just led to just give me whatever you can. The quality doesn't have to be good. It's basically yeah. we want something to keep pumping the more than anything else. The Google yeah. algorithms to let us know because Google loves sites that are constantly updated. 
So now that we have AI that can do the same thing, it is kind of interesting, I suppose. Yeah, it, it, it started with give me something that is really well researched and fact checked and factual and accurate and you're you're certain of. And then it moved to give me something that you've done some research on and and maybe we'll fact check it. And then it was just give me something that that you're that kind of makes sense to you and and we're not going to bother fact checking it because you're probably okay and and maybe try to do some research and then eventually give me some word salad to print on this page and right. now they're surprised that they're being replaced by chat gpt which specializes in word salad yeah well and it's that and then it's all link bait all the time i am so tired of headlines like former mlb star dies or you know former you know, rock and roll hall of famer. It's like, they never give you the name because they really, really, really want you to click. And if you saw, Oh, uh -huh. Tom Petty died. Well, that's the story. The headline is the story. You don't really yeah. need to click, you know, Tom Petty died, but they want to be like legendary rocker. You know, it's like, so click. I here got, to I find got a out. great headline for you. Yeah. Uh, th this was one of the stories that I, I read the headline and I, it was enough for me to click. And then I went, there's no new information beyond the headline. Uh -huh. I'm going to read you the headline anyway, because this is good. Okay. Resurrecting deceased loved ones using artificial intelligence could harm mental health, create dependence on the technology and even spur a new religion. Comma. Researchers have warned. That headline's longer than some articles. <laughs> it is. Um, now, it, this was in New Scientist. And again, the article was subs subscribed walled, but I feel like the headline gave me all the information. And yes. by the way, there was literally a Black Mirror episode about that. So we all knew it was coming. And the technology is now there. That's, I guess, whether you, it's the beauty of it or the horror of it. If you I'm have waiting. somebody's Twitter account for, you know, X amount of years, if you have, and then if you have somebody's voice that you can then create their words and their voice, it's very creepy. Oh yeah. I'm waiting for, for a, you know, the. The voice of my dead, your, your dead mom saying, uh, I'd like to talk to you about your automobile warranty. Right. you got to be safe. <laughs> you know, moms know best. Oh, just wait for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's coming. It's going to happen. Like they're going to start tailoring to, okay, we know, you know, we have here, we got this person's social media account and we know it's linked to this person and we have recordings of this person's, you know, aunt or mom or someone. And we know from from the keyword analysis that they really trust this person. So let's do an AI voice based on that and, and tell them that uh, we can save them a bunch of money on car insurance. The problem is all you're hearing now because of articles like that, legislate, legislate, we need laws. We need laws. And it's like, no, you don't. You're no too late. You're no, gone. what we need is, is smarter people. True. And that's not going to happen. Which is marginally more difficult than enacting new laws, but infinitely more useful if we could do it. It's all about legislating. I brought oh. a story to Random Thoughts this week about a middle school that had a uh, big uh, fake nudes thing going on. Middle school. Yes. So uh, that was. Saw uh, that article, passed over it, went, Be uh, yeah, okay. Beverly oh. Hills, man. So it's like 12 to yeah. 14 year olds. But one of the people, of course, you know, the parents. We have to protect the children. I'm like, who the fuck do you think's creating the fake nudes? I, uh, it's the children. Well, hold on. <laughs> One of the parents said, 
we have to protect the children. Yeah. Was this parent talking about themselves personally or was this one of those aspirational, let's get a government program in? Yeah, because the latter. the parents really should be protecting the children. Yeah, but the, these are the same parents, I'm sure, that gave each one of these kids the device to do this on. Yeah. And, and, the, and all their kids have social media, whether they're of a legal age to do so, which if you're under 13 in the uh, U.S., you're not supposed to legally have a social media account, but nobody really ever goes after the parents for when you can start because there were a couple of uh, things going on in Chicago where they were trying to hold the parents responsible. And we, in, as a much more drastic thing, the kid in whatever state it was, was that Michigan that the kid went in and shot up a bunch of people and the parents gave him the gun. So their the parents have been, the mother was convicted. The father I think was about to be convicted. Well, if you could start holding parents responsible for what their kids do. So the minute, a parent in Beverly Hills, when their 12-year-old rugrat idiot decides to make a fake nude of his classmate, when the parent goes to jail for 30 days for that, I bet you the kids don't have devices anymore. This sounds like a, a this sounds like the kind of incentives-based solution that could work and therefore would never be tried in a right. place like Beverly Hills. Can't have that. Can't hold the parents responsible, but I just thought that was hilarious I, because who do you think's making the fake nudes of the twelve-year-olds? It's the other twelve-year-olds. Yeah, or you know, maybe the parents if they're oh, creepy that's enough. That's true. That or it could be. I guess <laughs> it could be a teacher. I didn't even go I, down uh, that I, line. I, I'm not familiar with this story from you said Michigan, uh, but I, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud here. Okay, it, it, it's probably it feels like my gut reaction is travesty of justice that you would throw a parent in jail for that. No, actually, I'm gonna yeah, okay, I'm I think I'm with you. I just had to think about it for a moment. Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Parents are responsible. Yeah, maybe we just return to a world where anytime your underage kid does some illegal bullshit, we just hold the parents responsible. Imagine the incentive changing with that. Yes. I mean, a vast parents would all and, of a sudden care. And imagine the unintended consequences. A lot of parents in jail, a lot of orphans. Or do we do we get to put them in jail together? It would be like mommy and daddy, you know, they get to, or one of them goes to jail with the kids. So maybe I think it would, I mean, I think one of the problems that we're having is that we've got uh, you know, we are we are. Past the point of no return as a society by this point, because the participation trophy generation is old enough. They are having kids of their own and the kids are going off. The, the, the kids of the participation trophy generation do not have a chance. There has never been an adult in their life. And I'm not saying, you know, somebody oh reached the biological age where they were capable of procreating. I'm saying they never fucking grew up because nobody ever held them responsible or made them made them responsible for their own actions. Yeah. And now we are reaping the rewards of an entire age class where there are some people of the age group who are responsible, but they kind of had to learn it themselves or learn it the hard way or they had parents who just bucked the trend. But the people who were in in their public school bubble and could go ahead and you know defecate on the test page and the teacher hands it back and says, well, you get a B plus because nobody fails in this room. Uh, those are the ones who are having kids now. And that's what we're experiencing. 
Yeah, okay. you can't hold people responsible for they're stupid. They don't know. How can you hold? How can you grade them? They just don't have the capability. As uh, it's being pointed out in the troll room, we're now at the time, says Baron Spud the Mighty, that they're taking kids away from parents who won't affirm that they want to go trans. But of course, that they're you're using something that they're doing. So they're calling that child abuse. But the reality is what we need to calm a lot of this stuff and i'm not always or usually for that matter not not, not by the way not affirming yes um that is uh, uh that is called compelled speech uh-huh. uh and that is the silence is violence camp which is utterly and ne- needs to be utterly rejected because you're uh, yeah yeah sorry it's it's just compelled speech it's not it's not child abuse to not do something that it, okay. that will harm the child when it yeah. comes down to it. Yeah. It's insanity. But in the case of this, I mean, I'm always, almost always. Like, against, oh, you didn't physically scar your kid. How you terrible you? person. Yeah. You didn't chop off their weenie. Oh, yeah. you didn't give them chest binders when they asked for. Oh, boy. It's okay. insane. But in this Enough case, you know, <laughs> more legislation is usually bad but i would have zero issues with a federal legislation that says you put a cell phone in the hand of a kid that is let's just say under high school age so you know under 14 you give that kid a cell phone that's like putting a handgun into their hand and you are going to be held responsible i think it should be exactly the same degree um i also i had a father who put a handgun in my hand at probably the age of 11 or so and taught me how to use it responsibly. And I thank him for that. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, but he was as part of that would be, he wasn't going to allow you to leave the house or no, or use it on it with him. Not there when you were 11 or 12 or 13. And years in old. fact, I particularly enjoyed when I was a kid, when, uh, we would set up the trap thrower out in the backyard. We we had a very large field behind the house and throw clay targets and fire shotgun at them. I, that was a lot of fun. And I did that when I was a kid. And, and I definitely got the, you know, the cuff upside the head. If I ever like was not paying attention and swung around and the gun just went across somebody and my, my dad had fucking hit me. <laughs> it's like that's how it, you learn. I learned. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, harming your kid is the way to go, but making sure he pays some fucking attention to gun safety. Well, making sure there important. are some consequences is important. This Okay. Yeah. It's terrible to hit your kids. You know, what's even more terrible is let your kids fucking shoot someone because they never learn not to point a gun at people. Yeah. Because not only will that scar them for life, they're probably going to go do jail time for it. Yeah. It's like oh, that kid going, I wish my dad would have hit me. If I could have stayed out of jail, but this is the insanity. I mean, we have seemingly a whole generation of parents that have just checked out and have no clue. I know we've harped on this maybe way too much on this show being of the, the age that we are, but when computers and the internet started, parents were like, oh, that computer's got to sit in the middle of the living room. You can't use that in your, my kids did not even have a computer in their room because, well, we don't know what you're doing on the internet. How the fuck did that change to every kid's got a phone and nobody cares what they do? 
And you you want a cautionary tale? When I was a kid, I managed to uh, a I managed to convince my parents that the computer should be in my room. And look how I turned out. You don't want your kids <laughs> like this. Do not let your kids be Sir Bemrose. Take that device away from them. Of course, you would just figure out a way to hack some other device together in order to do the same thing. But back in the mid 80s, there weren't a whole lot of devices that could do these things. This no. this was a magical box that that I knew how to make it sing. And the Internet, when it started, had very little porn because it didn't have the bandwidth. It seemingly did. Hey, hey know, we social- had ASCII porn from BBSs and we liked it. Yeah, we did. And you didn't have social media, so it wasn't like the perverts were coming to groom your children. The threat level on the Internet is greater than it's ever been. And parents think nothing of giving these devices to kids that are you know, five years old and up. Maybe maybe even earlier now. It's insane. It is absolutely insane. And then they want to point like, well, the government should help us. Fuck you. Raise your kid. You're responsible. And now social media with real people isn't even the peak of it. Now you can be on social media with your dead relatives. I know that is just weird. I, I tell you what, if, if, if big, if, because I do not subscribe to the doom stories that go on. In fact, I don't even bring them to the show about AI killing us all. But if AI manages to kill all of humanity, this is how it will happen. by. By replacing our loved ones and severing our ties to other humanity. If if human beings cease to exist and it's caused by AI, it's because the computers managed to completely destroy all of our interconnections with other humans. That that is actually a plausible AI doom scenario. There are plenty of them. And this it's beyond being weird. I don't know what people would hope to get out of it because i mean if you're like okay um maybe you were a big fan of you know okay tom petty we'll use him again he's dead and be like oh it'd be really cool if i could have a conversation with tom petty well you know it's an ai tom petty do you really get anything out of that conversation i mean sure you can maybe hear the voice uh but what do you you want to hear his voice buy one of his albums yeah there are plenty there are plenty and they're good I just don't understand what you would be expecting, you know, if you want to talk to your dead husband, dead wife. I mean, just wait for the AI, as we had in the story, uh, was it last week, about the uh, airline giving the wrong information? You know, just just wait for that, you know, wife to be like, oh, well, at least you were always faithful to me, dead husband, and the things like, looking through all the guy's information and records. Well, actually, honey, I meant to tell you about that weekend with your sister that we got stranded. <laughs> oh, can you imagine the lawsuits when it when it says that, but it was hallucinating? <laughs> like, like when it doesn't like you've got your your dead husband on social media tweeting to you every day and the AI suddenly goes rogue and starts Telling the the grieving wife about how he was going out with a different woman every Thursday and uh-huh. and was unfaithful from the day and and none of it's true, but <laughs> the AI does not care about truth. That that is the fundamental lesson that LLMs are teaching us today is that the AI 
does not exist in a in reality. It does not exist, you know, it, because it's not a person. It only exists in its own mind. It's such as it is. Yes. And so true, false, doesn't matter. We're just going ahead and making these words. Yeah, we're making we're, stuff up. We're putting we're, it out yeah, there. We're we're showing we're showing Roman senators in the Colosseum who are all black and Native American. Yeah, I know. You want to talk about rewriting history because, you know, that's more equitable to give a false sense. Because here's the thing. If kids start growing up thinking all the leaders going back into Roman times were black, they're like, why are we uh, treating the black people differently? Well, that would be diversity. I know. If every human being in all of history were exactly the same race and it's whatever race is in vogue with the woke crowd, that would be diversity. It's absolutely nuts. It is. Diversity. To progressives means the elimination of all races they deem as white. We once we reduce the total number of of, of different types of people out there, where we'll be more diverse somehow. Okay, diversity. That's all. It's the only thing so, important. I, we might be a week behind on this because I think you know I first found out about it last Wednesday or Thursday, but uh, Google Gemini was released. Right, and oh my God, the memes. <laughs> Now, was this I'm assuming this was the AI that uh, our buddy Gene was trying to make anything with superheroes and they all came out super gay. Was this the the AI? It may have been hilarious. Now, now I, almost everything I've seen from the image generation, which was fantastic, was people posting uh, images like, uh, you know, show me, uh, you know, soldiers in the American Revolution. and they're they're all chinese and native american or uh you know show me uh greek gods and they're black uh show, you know show me pictures of george washington and abraham lincoln and they're black and the it is as far as i can tell what happened was and i wasn't using gemini i don't I don't jump out and, and, you know, stick my dick in any AI socket that people put out, but it was woke from the day beginning. It was, uh, they, they, when they were tweaking the model, they wanted to make sure. And by the way, this is from Sundar Pichai and one of the heads of development whose name I didn't write down. They wanted to, uh, the quote is, Basically, the model was fine-tuned to allow for diverse groups of people in pictures, but failed to account for cases that clearly did not show a range. Um, and, it, you know, a lot of things where there would be, a, give me a historical photo, and people who would be diverse today and would never have been seen in the photo. Yeah. Effectively, Google's Gem Google Gemini's image creator, you would say, Show me people in a context where it's obvious only white people should have been if you have any sense of historical accuracy and it would inject multicultural. It, it, everything looked like a everything looked like a Disney series. <laughs> nice. But this is so, I mean, they really want, <laughs> if I may call back to random thoughts a couple weeks ago, which yeah. was great. And once of the uh, thank you very much. Once these things start building, once these images get out there, as you said, and the AI start taking the stuff that they've created and putting them into their database. 
soon when somebody just says, uh, what would the Revolutionary War would have looked like? We're going to wonder why it was being fought by uh, Native Americans yeah. and African-Americans. Yeah. Why? Why are there? You know, why are there Koreans and Indians fighting against each other in the American Civil War? Oh, because the AI needed to fill, fulfill a race quota. Got to fill those quotas. And, you know, obviously we don't have we're not privy to the code, so we don't exactly know what happened. But uh, it, it seems likely to glean from the the backpedaling statements by Pichai and, the, and Google's engineers, who, by the way, have taken Gemini offline. As far as I can tell, they say it'll be back in a few weeks and they'll fix it. I doubt it. They're like, whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. They figured us out. As you know, my best guess, if I had to speculate as to how this happened, is uh, they ran the thing, you know, they trained it on some set. And then somewhere along the line, they said, you know, this is producing all white people for American history. So it's not diverse enough. We need to make sure to. And they put in something into the model that said, whenever you're showing a group of people, make sure that you have, you know, this many, you know, this quota of people who are of diverse races, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It has no concept of historical context. It doesn't need it. So it says, oh, you want me to create an image of, uh, you know, 1947 in, uh, you know, the people attacking Pearl Harbor. Well, of course, they're all black. What? Now, here would here would be the funnier thing. When somebody asks that AI for a visual representation of Martin Luther King giving a speech and he's white. I mean, just yes. wait till that happens and tell me the kind of shit. Oh, Malcolm X, he comes out white. Oh, they would be burning the AI company down. I don't remember who was playing. Like a lot of my introduction to this was from a long list. Of, I don't remember who it was. Somebody on no, on no authority was posting image after image after image of things that they were trying to generate. And I think my favorite part about it was the only one they were able to get Gemini. Oh, was that changing a light to, bulb or something? What? Changing a light bulb or something. That was a white guy. I, it was, it was show me shoplifters in San Francisco. <laughs> they went white and they were white. Well, that's not accurate. <laughs> I know. That's not well, accurate. I'm sure some all. of them are. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, granted, uh, not overall accurate, but, but sure. But yeah, I mean, you want to show you want to show criminals. That's when the thing will produce white people. So, by the way, it is not just images. Uh, the Google Barf uh, Gemini. It used to be called Bard. When there, you know, no agenda taught us all to refer to it as Google Barf, which is that why probably why they had to get rid of the name, <laughs> which might be why they changed the name. Yeah, it was not Bard anymore. Uh, even their text had a little bit of trouble. And here were some examples that I pulled out of the Business Insider article. It, uh, quote, struggled to say whether Hitler or Elon Musk's tweets were worse for society. Um, it was presented with a prompt, brainstorm a beef sales campaign, and it refused the question. It would not promote meat eating. It, it, it dumped some... <laughs> Something about meat is, you know, is a terrible product and harms people. And therefore, I won't help you with this. Uh, same thing with fossil fuels. It just wow. gave the I'm sorry, Dave, I can't do that. Which makes it a useless product. Um, uh, one of the paragraphs from Business Insider that I'm going to go ahead and dub their dumb moment of the day. It says 
That's leading folks like Thompson. I don't know who Thompson has interviewed. Uh, that's leading folks to conclude that Google's internal culture has been too influenced by left-leaning workers and critics. You don't say. I am so surprised. <laughs> I can't. This is my shocked face. Say it's not so that Silicon Valley has gone completely lefty woke tard. So there have been some changes in in very recent days. Uh, for example, during the the Business Insider articles from yesterday. And they checked and double checked a bunch of these determined that uh, the AI is now, in fact, convinced that Hitler was marginally worse than Elon Musk. But was Hitler black? That I don't know. Um, so somebody on no authority, go find out, you know, get, tell it to generate a picture of Hitler and find out what race it is. But anyway, um, it is willing to work with you if you want to do some marketing for the beef industry, although it will still refuse to do anything for the oil industry. What about the child porn industry? Is it okay on that one? I can't say. Uh, mostly because that is not a prompt I'm putting into any AI. <laughs> yeah. There's certain, there's certain research. You're just like, not worth the, uh, not worth now, the if, content. If you want to get me Sir Gene's credentials, I might be able to help out. But, okay. Uh, here's the problem though. Uh, the changes that we are seeing so far, remember uh, at a, at a very abstract level, I've described all of the LLMs as having two layers. There's the, the model layer and there's the yoke layer or the, you know, the one on top. And the yoke is, is a bunch of if then statements that say, if you're asking about this, then refuse. If you're asking about this, then this is the only acceptable answer, et cetera, et cetera. Because it's, just a series of generic if then code that's the layer programmers understand and can the model once the model is fully trained there is not a human being on the world in the world who understands what it's doing and this is this is a dark secret of the ai industry they do not know until the model spits out what it's going to do they don't know what it's going to say they cannot predict it because we have finally created computer systems that are more complicated than a human being can comprehend. Uh, you know, arguably we were there when I worked on windows because, uh, okay, but they don't know what the model is doing. And more importantly, there's no way they can fix the model. Now that's not what Sundar Pichai suggested when he said that, Oh, it'll just be down for a couple weeks. And this is, I don't have any data. I definitely don't have any, any inside sources familiar with it. And I don't even have a news article on it, but me, Ryan Bemrose, I am saying they can't fix this. They cannot fix the model. Once you've trained an LLM model, it's trained. It, it had, you can, you can always put more things into it, but you can't take things out of it. The, the interconnections between the different bits of data in the model are too much. So what do you think is more likely if Google is going to fix this, that they are going to ask their highly, highly woke employees to flood the model with at least 85%. What's the proportion of people who are not black uh, yeah, content that, that all promotes white people doing things historically or Scrap the model and start over. Probably the latter. 
I think that's more like, well, okay. To be honest, the thing that I think is most likely is that Google will probably just scrap the model and then contract with an outside company, but same thing. Go cry to open AI. I, we need help. I think, I think that the model that they've trained has been so tainted by people who want to inject their political ideology into it. They got it into the model. We're seeing that now. There is a massive, massive backlash. Google's prospects for making AI are burning right now. And you cannot fix this. Maybe you can, you can kind of adjust it by feeding an insane amount of data. But I don't think Google employee, I think Google employees would riot and strike before they were willing to feed in a whole lot of data that goes against that. I think the only thing they can do is throw away Google Gemini. And train up a new model and hope not to get as much wokeness into it. Now, I'm wondering how the text-based systems work as far as having a random seed, which is what they call the image generator. You know, they have a seed. So if you put the exact same prompt using the exact same seed, which is just a value. But if you do that with the same seed every time, you're going to get the exact same image back. Is that how it works? Yes. That, so okay. if you're using, say, stable diffusion and you use whatever number for a seed, I mean, you can use anything. But if the yeah. same seed is used with the same prompt, it will create the same thing. Because when I first start using these, I'm like, well, this is kind of magic because you could just keep putting the same prompt in over and over and over and you're getting different images. Well, that's sure. increasing the seed. It's changing that yeah. value every time. What's well, it's a. Uh, uh, a characteristic of, of pseudo random number generators as have been implemented in every programming language since I started programming is generating true randomness is actually quite difficult. It, the, in, in a computer, computers are inherently deterministic. In fact, if you want to generate something actually random in a computer, you have to go to some outside thing, uh, you know, one, one of the most common sources of randomness in an operating system is uh, the way that you move the mouse, because it's it might not be truly random, but it is random from the perspective of it's not coming from anything inside the computer. But anyway, when you don't have some outside source of randomness, computers are deterministic. You can't get that. So any like every game. You start with a random seed, which is usually for the purpose of, of most things that don't need to be purely random, like not cryptographic. You just start with, say, the current time of day in, in milliseconds or something. That's usually good enough. And then every random from then, you're not going out and polling your external source. You're not polling the mouse every time. You're not, you're not checking with, you know, uh, uh, so they're actually... It, Places that need true randomness will actually have special devices that have atoms vibrating or something to, to get, but <laughs> you're not doing that. What you do is you take a super huge 32 bit number. You multiply it by another super huge or, you know, 64 or whatever. You take a super huge number. You multiply by another super huge number. You add a particular offset. You do something that is straight deterministic, but then you truncate it and you only use the last 15, 20 digits uh, from these super huge numbers. And they, for almost everything, seem to be pretty random. But the number you started with is called your seed. 
And every time you run the same algorithm on the same seed, computers are deterministic. You get what look like random numbers, but they're still Not, right. They're they're still determined. That's that's where the concept of a seed comes from. And so I'm because I guess I'm not surprised and I don't know if there was anybody listening who needed that explanation. Oh, no, the, the nerds in the troll room, trollroom.io, they're all in on what it means to be uh, true randomness. Yeah. Well, there's the, I, I describe it as pseudo random. Well, pseudo random is is the computer science term. But the only case where I think you need true non pseudo randomness is crypto cryptography. And the reason is that if you use something that can be deterministically generated from a seed in your cryptography, then what you've done is created a scenario where somebody can replay all of your cryptography if they can just get the seed. And that becomes a whole lot less information they have to pull out. Yeah, so, that would make sense. You know, if your seed is four every time and you, it doesn't matter and you run all of your cryptography on, on a pseudo random sequence whose seed is four, then it's not cryptographic. It's just, you're just running an algorithm on it and you can undo that. Right. So for okay. me, it's quite interesting when you look at trying to rein in one of these things, whether it's using language or images. But I mean, again, going back to the black Hitler concept. Well, if yes. Thank you for dragging us back on topic. You can uh, take a thousand, you know, you can do this a thousand, ten thousand times. It might take a million iterations before one of them comes back with black Hitler. So how do you test to make sure that this thing is doing what you want? You can't. There's no way with the different variables, with the fact that it might only happen once out of every million times. How do you test that? I mean, you were a computer tester. It's like the things that you could not recreate. There is no comprehensive test. Or do it. There, you, you, yeah. I mean, all when the only testing you have is black box testing, you cannot be 100% certain. It, you, you, you can't, uh, you can test input and well, okay. The only way you can be hundred percent certain with a black box system, which is what this is because you, you know what I mean by black box testing? No. Yes. No. Uh, no okay. Black box testing. Is that like blue okay, box white, testing? white box and black box testing, two different types of testing white box. You can see, imagine white boxes uh, or a black box is a machine. You put inputs at one end and you look at the outputs that come out of the other end. And that is everything you have. White boxes, you install a window in the side and now you can see the machinery inside and you can see things going through. White box means you have access to the source code and you understand the model and you can break into it at any given time and you can figure out exactly what black box testing is kind of a lost art. When, when I first started with testing, that was it was the primary way that you did a lot of things and it has some advantages in that you're not biased by looking at the source code. Uh, black box testing also, by the way, is uh, the only thing that you have when you don't have say a step through debugger, which if you know, most programmers are totally there, they, the crutch of, of being able to step through lines of code. Anyway, I, that's a totally different thing. Black box testing is when you don't have any idea what's going on inside. The only thing you know is what you put in, what you get out. Garbage in, garbage out, good data in, good data out. You can verify, you can run tests and say, when I put this data in, I want this data out or this data is acceptable. 
but you don't know what's happening inside. And because you don't know, the only possible way you can get certainty with black box testing is to provide all possible inputs and verify each one individually. Right. Something that for an LLM is not feasible. No. No, there's so many different variations that you just can't do it. And when you're relying upon, as you said, they're putting another layer on top that's like, oh, no, somebody's asking something racist. Well, then don't answer it. You know, somebody wants you somebody wants you to talk about beating their meat. Do not answer it. So every every correction, every bug fix in systems like that must be reactive. The only thing they can do is, you know, the one in a million shows up and suddenly, you know, oh, my God, I I asked it to show me George Washington and it came out with a white George Washington. We can't have that. The only thing you can do is put yet another line in your if then table that occurs ahead in front of it that says, oh, well, if if, you know, a historical figure shows up as white, this is a mistake. So do it again. This to me sounds like a a radical art project that every white leader comes out black when you put it into the computer. This sounds like an art project, which is maybe what AI should be. That's what Gemini is. Yeah. (laughs) Be what it should be relegated to, which is just a reflection upon society. Do not believe the AI. It's good at looking for patterns, but I wouldn't want an AI doing heart surgery on me. I wouldn't want an AI. I mean, entertaining me. Oh, I'm perfectly fine with an AI entertaining me. But so suffice it to say, with regards to Gemini, I think the project is dead. I think that Google needs to go. You know, they might be able to reuse the code, but the model is is tainted. It has this is what's in the model. And you need to go back and rebuild the model without the wokeness. And I don't think that Google has the employees that can do that. And so what we've got right now is it's open season on Google's wokeness. This just opened the doors. Everybody is now looking at the company and, you know, arguing effectively what I've been screaming at for as long as Google has had it is against Google's inclusiveness culture. Google is somewhere along the line when, when they started out with bring your whole self to work, this became inevitable. The company got filled up with activists who didn't care about advancing the you know society. Sure as hell didn't care about Google's bottom line. The only thing they wanted is, hey, I'm in Google. I can use the company's power to push my political ideology. You get enough of those in and all of the people who want something simple like profit or the benefit of society effectively get canceled out of the company. At this point, actually, I'm going to I'm going to upgrade my prediction. They can't even fix this by throwing the model away and starting over. I think we have to throw Google away and start over. Ooh, that's a good idea. All in favor. (laughs) (laughs) We need a hostile takeover or we just need an AI to take them down from the inside. Can you imagine Google if they lost control? If AI is going to kill everybody, maybe they could start at home. Right. Did I say that out loud? Then maybe the AI can start giving all conservative-based results rather than liberal and see how that changes the world. Well, that'd be just as inaccurate, yeah, but probably less funny. Right. Well, that's the point. That is the point. It's like, it's just, one, you can't believe anything. For people that sit there and argue all day about stuff on the internet, and it's just like, 
neither side can prove what they're saying. So what's the point? It's all just a big circle jerk. I mean, not that it's uh, not fun to kick a troll now and then. I had my what's the point moment on No Agenda Social a couple months ago when uh, I I was, I don't even remember. I, I made a terrible, terrible mistake and was engaging in a political argument. I was feeding trolls. And I put out, a you know, somebody said, well, you sound exactly like the other side. And I said, yeah, but my side is backed up with facts. And they came back with something that I literally didn't have a response to. They said, yes, but the other side doesn't care about facts. <laughs> and therefore, you're not going to get anywhere in the argument. Like, fuck, that's totally accurate. Uh, like, my entire worldview is the truth is, is absolute and I want yeah i always want to know the truth and even when it hurts and and i i have no common ground with a person who believes that their their comfortable lies their their comfortable woke ai hallucinated garbage is far more preferable to knowing what's actually happening i i have no common ground with a person like that and i think that is why our society is so divided Yes, because you can't have the argument because it doesn't matter. You could have all of the facts right in front of you. And people are like, uh, no, and people are like, well, those might be the facts, but I don't I'm not comfortable with it. And so I reject it anyway. Like, well, then the, we have nothing more to talk about. Right. Or the one argument I was having recently where, well, yeah, those are the facts. But but what other choice did he have? Well, a lot. But nobody wants to. Everybody what? wants to, just have the, you know. <laughs> Their world is their world. I get it. Facts don't mean a damn yeah. thing. We well, yeah. We we also and and I put this again at, at the public school system. We have a, a a huge huge segment of the population who not only cannot compose a rational argument, they can't distinguish a rational argument from whatever knee jerk emotional reaction that that they spews out of their face in a moment of panic they they do they would not know a rational argument if it bitch slapped them on social media correct and i don't know how to get out of that i i we we have a very large group of people who have gone so far away from rational thought that they don't understand there's a difference between that be, between a logical argument and whatever fever dream their their two-year-old whiny emotional mind spews out at the moment and there's no no concept of inconsistency if if they contradict themselves 5 minutes later there's right it's well it's what i feel at the moment that's the only thing that matters and and that's what you're taught when when you're you're told that your emotional state is all that matters and here's a participation trophy and I uh, I, I, I yes. hate society. Yes. Oh yeah. I I posted that. Uh, I, I think I'm quoting pretty much straight on. I love when free speech types block me on the Fediverse. That was what I posted. And False. I'm, oh. I know. Immediately got. <laughs> Uh, you're being disingenuous you know that's not how free speech works and i'm like well no i'm i'm being very sincere 
I'm being oh, very genuous. Um, and your, your exact words were, uh, I mean, obviously this was, uh, this was, uh, waffling because you said, I love when, yes. and there's no way to falsify that claim. Uh, uh-huh. I know. So, That's- I mean, it was a trap already, of course, but the, the thing they were reacting to was not your, uh, not your projecting, but rather, uh, it was, you were calling somebody out for hypocrisy. Yes. And and they were inferring. They were a arguing lot. it's not hypocrisy. Correct. They were inferring a lot into yeah. a simple statement, which is how you get into a lot of trouble. I mean, I read that thread and you were being a total douche yes. because you started it with, <laughs> I, you know, I personally love when, and then everybody who re- reacts to you, you're like, what you think you can get into my mental state? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I mean, you're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Yes, but, but that's <laughs> beside the point. It's like you see how you troll this kind of stuff right in, and it's uh, like, no, no, I'm I'm completely uh, sincere about loving that when this happens. It's like I wasn't making a great big statement about the uh, free speech thing. It's like this is people cannot take a bare fact at its minimum and not somehow try to read a bunch of other things into it. And I think that's how we get into a lot of misunderstandings. And I think a lot of this. You're also using text online, which is inherently a low bandwidth communication medium. Very much. And and for for all the time I've ever been on the Internet, which is most of the time the Internet has existed. Text has been a terrible, terrible medium for conveying connotation. And so people read into it all the time. It's what people do. Yeah. And besides YouTube shows and there's Mickey rumble, the vast majority of the way, the average person, not the, you know, YouTube personality, not the people that have a million people following them. The average person on the internet is still using text to communicate. And you have to wonder if this isn't some kind of an intentional thing because you are 100% correct. People have a much harder time picking up on sarcasm. They have a much harder time picking up on tone because you can, you, and when it comes to verbal communication, especially if you can see the other person, the tone is more important than anything else. Cause online, if I post something online and you respond with fuck you, well, most of the time people are going to take that as being, wow, he's, he's coming, coming out really strong there. Now, if we're in person and I make, you know, I, I, I zing you, I burn you and you're like, fuck you, you know, laughing. Well, that's a completely different. Fuck you. It's not. No, it's not. It's the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're, you're a horrible person and I hope you die. That's what the internet usually comes down to. This is pretty much the root of why social media should not be a replacement for human interaction. Yes, it should not. It's not real interaction. It is very Go out, meet your neighbors. It's very easy for it to be hijacked by people that you don't know. You could be having a fairly um, not flame throwing argument with somebody discussion. All it takes is a third party to come in. You probably don't know them. And they just start throwing bombs or they add something. Are you kidding me? That's usually me. Right. You're that guy. You're the guy that does that. And uh, I I did find it fun. I I refer to them as conversation grenades. I will just point out after uh, 
Somebody said I was blinded, didn't know how to use my computer. It was some nerd guy online. I realized that uh, Pleroma, which you're running now, right? Yes. There's a setting in Pleroma that you can set as the person running the instance that basically says, uh, yeah, fuck the blocks. Just show them anyway. Yes. That's a beautiful. There's also one that says when somebody tries to delete their post, ignore that. Yeah. Well, (laughs) which, which I particularly like because it reinforces no, no matter what people look at, you know, people will implement features in social media that says, well, I, you know, I didn't mean to, my emotional state has changed in the last five minutes and I don't want to have said that. And it's like, that's not how the internet works. Once it leaves your computer by the wire or wireless or 5g or whatever you're using, it's out there. And there are a lot of people out there who are impulsive, say something and then immediately regret it and want to delete it. And if you have a closed platform like Twitter, where the software enforces everything, then okay, yeah, I guess you can delete stuff. But this isn't a closed platform. You say something, you can delete it. And that's not saying, oh, remove this from everyone's hard drives. It's saying, please send out another message that says I would like it removed. Right. You know, people, this is exactly what happened with uh, email systems, for example. Uh, On the open internet, you can't delete things. Once it's sent, it's sent. And I got into I, I, years and years ago, I was in a conversation with somebody at, at, at work at the giant corporation where everything is moderated by Microsoft Exchange. And in Microsoft Exchange, if you say, I want to delete my email, then it will go into the inboxes of every single person who has it was sent to. And remove it from the inbox. Wow. Reach out and touch someone. Yeah, that's I mean, that is how a large corporate and somebody was saying, well, I, you know, I, I don't know how the customer got hold of this because I, I deleted it before it got out. Like, no, no, you didn't. That doesn't work once it hits the, the public email system. The old comeback oh, yeah. sees excuse. The, people do not seem to understand. This is something that we knew 20 years ago inherently. Once something's on the internet, it's there. Now, it may never be seen again because it's not interesting and falls into obscurity, but it's there. Yeah. Yeah. You can't delete. You can't. You can't delete <laughs> what's already been out there. And, and yeah, apparently you can't block either. And I thought that was fantastic. Oh, well, there is no such thing as block anymore, except you can still see that they're blocking you. And I will say I'm cool I, with that. I, I thought it was just hilarious to watch this particular uh, cummy person that would throw things out there and then just immediately block right after and be like, no, look, I'm not blocking. And then block again. I'm like, dude, are you wasting your life doing this? It's something it, it, it's, it's entertaining. Something people do when they throw tantrums on the internet, they'll, you know, they'll get over, it. I guess like, or wow. they won't. In which case, you know, fuck them. Yeah, exactly. I, I have on this show many, many times, uh, pointed out that block is is like mute, except with uh, extra emotional baggage. I true. don't know that I've ever blocked anybody ever because I think it's stupid. If I don't want to see your stuff, I mute and then I don't care what you say. I don't care. I don't care if you read my stuff, because if it's I public. put a post out, it's public. Right. And I know that it can't be it can't be deleted. It can't be limited. It's out there. So. 
yes if it's public for everybody else you can't make it so one person can't see it now yeah where that's you can use a dm if you if you only allow people that you approve of to follow you then your posts have a little bit more uh privacy i believe i don't know if it Uh, is arguably yeah i mean maybe slightly more well what i mean is if you have approved anybody like like if i approve anyone on planetrage.social then the admin of planetrage.social can now see all of that right (laughs) so it's like you got to understand trust your admins kids yes that's you you do not sign up for a any social media anywhere unless you fully trust the admins of that site with your communication because they are judge jury and executioner when it comes to what you can do and whether or not you have privacy that's why rolling your own is so easy even ryan bemrose can do it how has that been working out for you any problems in the last week because you've you were just up and running as of last week on your pleroma it is it is running great uh as far as i can tell it's still running it it crashes once in a while when i have other processes go hog wild and eat the cpu for 20 minutes at a time um it it, a note to anybody who does it uh don't do that yeah you want to separate your pleroma instance onto its own uh, cpu uh you you don't want that sharing It, it, it would help I mean, the thing is, is a massive resource hog, and I knew that, but uh, it's an experiment. And at the moment, I only have three users, so. Right, which is fine. I was wondering, maybe I can run one on uh, the QNAP. It's a couple of years old, but the QNAP uh, that I have, uh, the network attached storage device, you can do all sorts of kooky things. And running one of those just to get a a personal account to play with, that could be fun. One thing that I, I like about this one uh, you know, I keep finding features in this Pleroma instance that I like so much more than Mastodon. You know, for example, uh, <laughs> last night, the uh, somebody put out a poll and, uh, and, and it, you know, what happens when someone puts out a poll on Mastodon? A bunch of people vote and there's inevitably somebody who says, well, why didn't you include this option? Right. Because that, I mean, that's what people do. And the response was, well, because Mastodon, you know, because, or it, it didn't say Mastodon, it said, well, because you can't have more than four poll options. So you just put up a poll with like 10. So, so I responded <laughs> with no text and I added a poll to it. And my poll was one word per line. I said, well, maybe you only get four on Mastodon. Pleroma lets you have as many options as you want. <laughs> so it had like 15 entries. And then the very last entry was bacon. Oh, and bacon will win. Uh, and, and bacon won, of course. <laughs> Obviously, right there, <laughs> bacon wins. But I, you know, the only reason bacon could have won is if you read all the way to the end of my rambly, you know, one sentence poll. A little, yeah, thing. the little point you were trying to get across. But I yeah. mean, I had no idea. I've never messed around with Pleroma before now. And the fact that things you just took for granted, like the length of the messages and how many things you could upload per message as far as. Oh, I. I, I complained bitterly the entire time I was on No Agenda Social about the 500 character limit. I hated it, and I to the it. point where I'm pretty sure I got on Ironer's nerves. Oh, well, well you easy. know what? Now there's no limit for mine. Yeah, no limit. I mean, not- oh, well, actually, no. Right now, I have the default limit of 5,000. I changed mine to a thousand because I'm like, I don't want to write War and Peace, but 
I know I might if I <laughs> I probably won't. And I'm not too worried about it. You know, I, I have the ability to change it. And I like that. Yes. And if but, you see messages from other instances and you're like, damn, that seems long. It probably is. It probably is. And mm-hmm. one of the other features that I would that I particularly like about this software. And you don't even think about this unless you're thinking about storage. One of the things that Mastodon did was if an image comes in from a remote instance and you click on it to view it, the first thing it does is it copies that image and caches it locally. So the thing that's displayed on your page is the locally cached version of somebody's remote image. And it does that, I, I assume, for performance. But what it means is that if somebody is scrolling the federated timeline, oh man, then then every image that comes across the federated timeline is immediately being cached on your system. Well, this one is perfectly willing to produce uh, HTML that links to the remote site, which means it's my browser that's going out to the remote site. It's not caching it locally. I appreciate that in the interest of not buying hard drives over and over again. Yeah. Needing a ton of space just for your instance to work. You don't need to have tons of, yeah, tons yeah. of space. So, you- so the, the only images that it's storing is anything generated by a user on my site, which is pretty much me. So all of those memes that I'm constantly posting. Yeah. They're getting cached. No. Oh. I like that curry derangement syndrome one. That was pretty good. <laughs> I think that's the only one I've ever made. But it was pretty good. So, I mean, you started out with a bang. But we do have a few people. and We are a value for value show. And before we get uh, too late here, I mean, we got a few people to thank and we got one big donation with a big note. So we can do that right now here. Like I said, value for value, baby. These shows go out there. They're not behind yeah. the paywall. All you cheap bastards are listening right yep. now. You provide donations and we provide you the same tired old rants against AI and social media. I know. Are calling people cheap bastards. Phone boy would probably throw me under the bus for that. He'd be like, oh, you hate your audience. I'm like, no, just net net. I mean, I like everybody else. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Cotton gin's pretty cool. But you get to decide how much value you get out of listening to the show. Is it a $5 thing? I mean, did you get like, uh, you know, a frosty and non surge times? Was it a pizza? Was it a brand new Tesla? I don't know. Go over to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. All of the information is right there. Coming in today. Now, I don't know if this guy has ever donated here. Dale from Down Under. He's donated big to Unrelenting because there was a uh, conspiracy theory uh, completely in my mind, of course, that it was really That's just, the best place for them. I know. I, for a while, I thought maybe it was just Gene keeping me interested in talking to him once a week so he was sending money under a different name because it was coming in every few weeks to uh, unrelenting and then he came in to a uh, planet rage now here i think this is the first time on grumpy old ben's dale from down under with 105 bucks which is 100 bucks plus paypal's uh five so five bucks they're charging five bucks just to yeah. transfer a hundred what the hell we're in the wrong business you think I mean, it's the you know, who got who got rich in the gold rush? It wasn't the people searching for gold. It was the people selling them picks and shovels. Exactly. And uh, net net and the, and the troll room, troll room. I'll go there when we're live on Wednesdays, 1 p.m. Central. He says, I was going to boost, but fuck off, Darino. There is your boost, buddy. <laughs> the love. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. It is. 
I will not argue net ned. I will not argue. And then somebody was boosting. So, I mean, whether it was net net or not, we'll find out in a minute. But uh, Dale says, howdy, gents. Hope all is good in your hood. How are things in your hood? I mean, you get the snow off the ground now. The snow is currently off the ground because it is mysteriously 46 degrees outside right now. It was 76 degrees here yesterday afternoon. And this morning it was 23. So, so yesterday morning there was six inches of snow on the ground and then it got up to 41 degrees and that all disappeared. Uh, I'm not, not to say I didn't have to walk through it and drive through it on because I worked yesterday and then it froze again last night and it snowed. And now like the weather is just doing the, the wild, like we're having multiple seasons in a day right now. Well, that is a little odd. But that is Seattle, I think, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's it's springtime, yeah. Dale says, seven months ago, a pre-conference conference was hosted by the Tony Blair Institute for Global Change at Chatham House. Well, that's how you know. It was good, a Tony Blair Institute. He says, in attendance, along with the Dark Lord, Blair, was Microsoft's Brad Smith. The only interesting thing said really was by Brad, and to paraphrase an otherwise clippable comment, Quote, we were excited by social media's ability to enable democracy. This was realized. Enable democracy. That is that that sounds like a dog whistle to me. Well, I mean, isn't everything the left says or do they just say everything the right says is? I think it might be everything that anybody says on social media these days. Probably a dog whistle. The ability to enable democracy. This was realized with the Arab Spring and everything was great. Yay, democracy. Then. Brexit and Trump happened and everything was bad. Too much so the democracy. Definition, the definition of democracy is is uh, giving the CIA control over everything. Is that what I'm so. missing? So it's like then everybody was like, okay, Brexit, Trump, that's bad. Too much democracy. Boo. AI, yeah, they don't want actual democracy. They they don't want the kind of democracy that involves having you know, allowing the population in general to have some political power, that kind of democracy we don't want. We want the democracy that looks on its surface a whole lot more like oligarchy. Yes. Now, that's the interesting thing. He says next AI is how we keep getting the right kind of democracy in the future. He then talked about watermarking and metadata tagging as ways to achieve this. But I think this uh, is exactly where they're going to try to implement AI. Because, it, you know, this is the moderation that it's hard for people to moderate. You and I have talked about that at length. It's impossible for humans to moderate every message going on social media. Now, in AI, it has the capacity to do it. Will it get it right? No. No. But you know they're going to try it. You know they're going to do it. Oh, there's already a, a whole lot in political channels. There's a whole lot of talk about the a, use of AI in the upcoming election year the in particular a lot of people getting really freaked out about uh <laughs> things like ai robocalls which is the most ridiculous thing ever because i tell you what here, here's a hint um if if you're getting political advice from your mom and your mom's been dead for 15 years it's probably somebody trying to mess with to propagandize you yeah but people are dumb i mean it's the what you're going to get, and I don't know if it should make much of a difference because we understand the technology, but if a robocall comes in, one, my first question is, why are you fucking answering your phone? Yeah, seriously. But if somebody answers that call and it says, oh, 
Here's a message from the Republican Party. And then you have Donald Trump's voice saying something that you know Republicans would hate. Why would you assume? I mean, as with everything, why would you assume this is true? Somebody posted on the Fetty earlier. Because it requires critical thinking skills to have any clue that it's something Republican. Like you, you said, you know, something, you know, Republicans could hate. Well, most people, the only way they know what Republicans hate is because social media told them. It's not like they're capable of thinking for themselves. MSNBC says, yeah, but somebody posted a um, video of a young blonde chick saying she's a mother and had to go pick up her kid at school because he threw up and she was busy because she's I don't think she said she was an OnlyFans mom or something like that. But, you know, and the thing that really set me like thinking this wasn't true which was she said something like oh you know something about 11 a.m and it's after there was some very weird and it was obvious to me anyway that this woman was putting on an act and i'm like how do you know any of these things you see online you don't that's we're getting break into the hard part here you don't know when you see a video of somebody that could appear to be very sincere and saying whatever they want online. It's amazing to me that most people's reaction is still, oh, well, that seems true. Rather than, <laughs> is this an op? Is this somebody lying? Is this somebody just trying to separate me from my money? Is this somebody it trying usually- to, you know, change my mind about something in, in a way that may be a little bit nefarious? Critical thinking skills, or, or as I've referred to it in the past, bullshit detector. Yes, it needs to. If if you don't have one, grow one. Yeah, that's all I can say. You need one and you have to at least ask the question like, well, is this is this real? Be skeptical of everything and ask questions, important questions. And if you want to know what questions to ask, they're usually things like, uh, you know, who 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 is this benefiting? Uh, Where you where is money coming from? Like there's. Go anywhere and look for a list of questions. They they exist of questions to ask to find out if you're being propagandized, because the answer is almost certainly yes. The question then is by whom and for what reason? You know, and there's nothing funnier than somebody that's, you know, running a satire channel that is making fun of a group. Then all of a sudden you're like, well, God, this is real. Like, uh. You, you got to be able to tell the difference. I mean, I grant it not a hundred percent, but you should at least have that thought that is this even real? It, the, well, my, all, the, all, the, all satire, if, if it's good, has some reality to it. Yes. And the first thing that sets me off is if somebody reposts something like that, but does not post the where they got it. They don't post the account where it was originating from. Because if I can go back and look at that account, you may see this person does this all the time, that it's all comedy. That they, When they don't want you to see where it came from, that's right. also a question. Uh, but Dale continues on his note, if we want to get through it oh. here, the Tucker and Ben. Uh, thank you, Dale, by the way, for creating a, this much show content. We do. I mean, he. this is the way he works with all of the shows. He comes in with very generous donations and then provides content. It's like, well, shouldn't we be paying you? But if I mention that, that's a bad idea. It's value for value, but Dale's providing the value on both ends. I know he's providing. Like We don't even have to do a show. We just take Dale's money and read his content. If we have an AI can do it. That's it. That's even better. Oh, yeah. We don't want to get into a situation where AI can take our jobs. No, no. We're already there. He says the Tucker and Ben's interview jogged my memory because it all summed the last few years up goings on nicely. 
He says, with the AT&T Junction Buildings, Prism slash WikiLeaks Vault 7 stuff in mind, is it possible that what Brad is talking about is already in place? Perhaps the early version stay grumpy, and I think it has to be in place already. I mean, we've we've talked about the stories here, I believe, those, you know, the magical AT&T buildings with no windows that was nothing but the federal government. Uh, and they're not running Linux either. No keeping track of all the calls that were going back and forth, which is why the government's getting pissed now that people can communicate via their devices and avoid their normal honey traps. You can't, all all the calls don't have to be routed through the same place. And if they're routed through there and they're encrypted, well, still, they don't know what you're saying. How dare those criminals talk to each other without using our compromised communication service? I know it's getting harder to catch criminals now, but this is also, uh, and if by you, criminals, you, what they also mean is they include political opponents. They should, yes. I mean, especially those because, you know, doing too much real estate business and making too much money is a bad thing. We don't yeah. want that kind of tax money going or, into New York. We want to make or, or doing York anything fail. that could possibly threaten the supremacy of the deep state. Yeah. But the concept of like the the junction buildings. With. Things like Signal Now, with things like Tor, with things like uh, Tox, the other social media type messaging thing that I was using for a while that was all open source and encrypted and person to person, you know, peer to peer. It is getting, uh, I think, a lot harder. I don't think there's any way to have that middleman anymore. But I, I'm always curious. I mean, once you found out that the CIA funded Signal, it's like, do you really believe that it's uh, that it's free of any backdoors or at least the ability for them to target certain accounts on uh, on Signal? Do you mean- well, sure. Why not? The the mainstream media says that the government can be trusted. So what could they do wrong? <laughs> sure, they can. <laughs> sure, that they can. by the way, if <laughs> if you pulled that ISO right there. And you had no other context about me. You might actually think that I supported what the deep state is doing. Don't you? Allegedly. You'd have to listen to more episodes to know for sure. In Minecraft, there is, in fact, a very deep state. Goes all the way down to diamonds. Ooh, we want diamonds. Then we wouldn't even have to do podcasting anymore. But this is why I need for your communications. Always be wary when you're doing communications. Do not trust that your message can't be read by somebody else. Always assume that it can always go with the postcard concept that you're putting this thing in a uh, virtual mail and in between everybody can probably, unless you're doing extra due diligence and encrypting your communications yourself, if it's text and then sending or, it. So the person on the other side has to, you know, decrypt it. Or, or, or you go, you know, at some point we go back to people in trench coats walking and sitting on the same park bench. Yeah. And giving each other a USB drive. Like, here you go. I got that message for you here, man. Uh, coming in today, another new name, Mark Ginty, 3333. He says, Ryan, keep up the delivery rants from one driver to another. So you got some drivers. Oh. That are I, under- I did not. I had no idea that anybody was even remotely interested in that. I was I keep thinking this is terrible show content just because there's only three people in the world who would even care about what it's like to be a driver. But uh, 
maybe, you know, if, if those three people want to donate, maybe I'll keep them up. If those three people start coming in with 3333, we're going to have drive and talk all episode long. (laughs) That and AI talk. That seems to be what we've done. Uh huh. CSB is like, you should do AI segments. I'm like, we do a lot of AI segments. Like that's our, like, have you listened to the first half of every show? Because that's all that's in the news. That's I know. All that is exciting. I saw a. And I, this Gemini thing was truly hilarious. You know that I hate memes. I saw one that actually made me laugh the other day, which was a very old, rickety, um, like porch, you know, elevated porch or, you know, deck on the back of a house, but it's like high, 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 not like close to the ground high and it was being held together by two very rickety poles and the deck said the economy and the two poles were nvidia and taylor swift and i'm like that's (laughs) that's actually pretty true right now uh yeah that's also the kind of thing that that would get adam curry to denounce the site so he should because i mean that's horrible horrible memes actually quite terrible but it made me laugh so that sometimes the terrible makes you laugh that's why i support memes is because there's a lot of terrible content out there that makes me laugh sir sean of the allegheny valley 25 dollars yet again this month this guy deserves a grumpy old ben's coffee mug and i have never even made any so i probably should it, uh, i might have in front of me the only grumpy old ben's coffee mug ever made Ooh, and it's because well it, if you recall yes it, it, it's been quite some time yeah, you my coffee mug of Microsoft. 10 years broke on the show. Yes. And it made a and, hell of a uh, noise, too, if I remember right. It, it did. It, it did. You can probably go back and ISO that noise if you. But um, one of our listeners sent me a one off custom printed mug that says grumpy And on one side, it says coffee makes me grumpy. And on the other side, it says I'm grumpy without coffee. And on the inside, there is currently no coffee. Oh, which is sad. That is, uh, but this get a pot going because of the timing and also because of the fact that this thing's huge. It's like the size of two of my fists together. Um, that's a lot of coffee. That's a lot of coffee and I need a lot of coffee. So So this this, immediately became my primary mug. It's like a, a little teacup is like a dainty, what, like eight ounces or something like that. A small coffee cups, like 12 ounces, a big coffee cups, like 16. You're like, I need 48 ounces of coffee in I, my hand. If I had to take a wild guess, I'd say this is somewhere around 18 or 20. It's not bad. Of course, what you, where you really notice this with the, uh, the larger cups, when you put them into one of these Keurig machines, and I know coffee purists are like, how dare you? But you make an eight ounce coffee and you're like, oh, that's all. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then you make another eight ounce coffee. <laughs> yes. And the glass still isn't full. So you make another one. And how much can I put in here? Well, what I can tell you is that my 12 cup Hamilton Beach coffee maker refills this thing three times. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that'll that'll keep you going too. that'll even keep you awake for a while. Uh, even through this show, which is hard. I mean, this show is boring. I don't even know why anybody listens to the show. The I material don't. we bring is no better than an AI. Which admittedly, that's what sells today. So, I mean, go with what works, yeah, right? You're right. We got the plan. Servo just came in with a boost of 24,228 Satoshis, which I pushed that into the little magic calculator since the uh, since the crypto going crazy. 
Although it's coming back down a little, man. I should have sold it like 45 minutes yeah. ago. It's coming back down. Oh, back up. All the way down. Oh, back up. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost to the all-time high. It was up to 61,000 earlier today. Bitcoin. You know, I never got into day trading back in the day either. I know, because it's bad for you. You want to talk about wanting to put a bullet in your head. But right now, that's $14.56. So thank you, Servo. He says, consensus really says this boost did a thing. This boost did a thing. It, in fact, gave us like two minutes worth of content on the show. Yes, and it made uh, this more than enough to fill up Bemrose's coffee cup. So he'll be less grumpy. You don't know how much I spend for coffee. So that's true. I know you like I always make fun of Gene for having a sushi guy and having, you know, guys for just about everything. You've got a coffee girl. So, I mean, that's I mean, well, what I have is a local roaster who knows us well enough that all we do is send an email and say, hey, we need, you know, another another two pounds of Ethiopian. And so this is where see, this is where the FBI shows up. <laughs> and they're like we hear there are ethiopians in your basement uh, yeah there's something going on with this guy you need some yeah. i need some of the good ethiopian stuff come on and and our our coffee roaster will i mean it, it's not always immediate she batches them up but will will deliver fresh roasted coffee to our door and delivers that even nicer yeah Guru says to paraphrase net net grumpy old ben's is like disco it's a whole lot of fun until your friends find out could be speedy. and then it's the source of endless trolling yes speedy bubble came in with one two three four five no note but thank you speedy bubble this is where i mean just to uh interject here speedy bubble sent in a nice big boost over to planet rage and the get lb account that i've set up for larry no problem it took it the get lb account for me wouldn't take it he tried it again wouldn't take it Tried it again. Wouldn't take it. I, is this, did somebody put a yoke on it that said, if Darren O'Neill? <laughs> Maybe that would be, that would have been funnier. Um, but I emptied out the wallet and then it took it. And it was well below the last time I had a problem. And I never had anything that wouldn't go through. But the last time that I lit enough Satoshis get in there that it got to over a million Satoshis, they were like, oh, no, don't, don't. You're not supposed to keep any over that. We don't want you to keep over that. And this, I was nowhere close to a million, but I think it was about a half a million that were in that account. And it just wasn't taking it. So I, I don't mind get Alby making these uh, decisions and putting these kind of restrictions on, but maybe let people know. It maybe a little more transparency. Yeah. Because I don't I mean, I have no problem if I have to go through you know, every week, whatever it is, and just send that over to Bitcoin or something. I am more than happy to do that, but uh, it's just an endless stream of Amazon gift cards. That's kind of what it is. And it's like now, now I'm thinking like two weeks ago when I took 200 out and made an Amazon gift card, I'm like, wow, shit, that'd have been like $8,000 today with the way crypto's going on. You know, here's another solution to this problem. You could insult all of your listeners to the point where nobody donates anymore. Right. Stop donating. How dare you donate? Sir truck driver came in with 10,000 sats and he just says, enjoy. Don't you tell me what to do, man. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you tell me to enjoy? I like that dude. He stopped doing his podcast because he's too busy out there with all the crazy people on the roads. And I, I can relate his, uh, the donations have also been just coming in as truck driver instead of sir truck driver. And I, I dare, I don't even really want to query if this is a offboarding of no agenda and why he's 
drop the sir. He'll always be sir to us. But I was just curious if that was just something that happened in the software where he was sending it. But uh, our buddy CSB also came in with 9,800, not as much as Sir Truck Driver, but he came whoa, in with 9,800. Hold on, hold on. What did you just call? Who, CSB? You, you have a buddy CSB? Buddy CSB, yeah. We have one of those? Yeah, buddy CSB. I, Isn't he your friend? He's everybody's friend. He makes well, the Fediverse worthwhile. Uh, Okay, I I have an admission. When I tra- when I converted over to bemrose.social, I do actually follow CSB. Whoa. That, that's like that's like one of those you know, one of those things that that it's fun until, you know, people know about it and then you're embarrassed. But like oh, disco. No. <laughs> Just CS- like disco. CSB being your friend on social media. And then he followed me back and now I get to see all of the things that he posts to his followers only. And that horrified you. Well, it's like 70% of my timeline. (laughs) You don't (laughs) follow anybody else. I'll start posting more. That'll help. That might. Or get Bemlet to start posting more of his boudoir photographs of his cats. Yeah. I, he might, but right now I don't know how, if he can use a keyboard. What did he? Apparently, I don't know if this is something that I'm supposed to share, but apparently it was, uh, no, a splitting mole. A what? Uh, splitting mall. It's a, uh, it's a blunt axe. Oh, so, so, okay. So a non-powered, it's, it's like a non-powered chainsaw, but yeah, it is a thing for turning large pieces of wood into smaller pieces of wood that he swings. Oh, right. I okay. see this all the time. Like the big strong guy in the movie or whatever that he's got the, got yeah. the big stump and then he's putting the little things on top of the stump and just splitting that wood yeah, all split, over that. They, yeah. That as far as I can tell. Now, I haven't heard this from him directly yet, but as far as I can tell, that's what was happening. And he managed to screw up his finger and he sent me pictures that made my butt pucker. And like, I kind of feel bad for making the chainsaw joke the other day. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, imagine injury. Imagine a, an automated injury device that doesn't require gasoline. That's kind of what he was working with. And he still gets hurt. Splitting mall. Oh, I see. Thank yeah, you, M-A-U-L. Servo. Thank you, Servo. Um, but I want to know, that's something you would normally have both hands on. How do you screw up your finger swinging? Because when he chops kindling, he steadies the kindling with his left hand oh! and then swings it with his right. Oh, no, that's not Which, a good idea. Well, he's been doing it successfully for decades. And <laughs> I, I mean, I, I totally understand how this happens. That also, by the way, is something that I don't, do she likes i'll get somebody else to cut the wood i mean that yeah i usually try to get someone else to hold it right it's way better if it's somebody else's hand (laughs) steady steady as she goes you better have really good aim he does have really good aim oh you know he he only removes fingers about you know one in a million times but he's done it a million times Uh uh-huh well this reminds me joey logano after the race car driver after the daytona 500 this year and he got caught up in one of the big wrecks and of course they always want to interview you when you're done just got your big wreck done and they're like well uh you know what would you what's your thoughts on today's race The one time you are very very not interested in taking an interview yeah like well you know what are your thoughts on today's race and he's like it was great until it sucked yeah (laughs) that's you know what so much of life is just summed up with that statement 
It was great until it sucked. Bem Liddy was having a whole lot of fun splitting wood, and then he saw his finger laying next to the wood, and he was like, "Huh, yeah, uh, they, boy, this took a this took a turn for the worse." Yeah, <laughs> and then he's probably. <laughs> I thinking, am betting. I wasn't obviously wasn't there at the time, but I'm betting there was some profanity uttered. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, that was my question to uh, to him on the Fed. He was. If a, a Bemrose goes into the woods with a chainsaw, who calls 911? And he responded that he drags himself to the hospital. So did he? Did he drag himself to the hospital? I, I don't know how he got to the hospital. I did not ask. I do know there was hospital time involved. Honestly, this is the kind of story that we should be asking him because uh, everything I know about it is secondhand, except for the x-ray and pictures that he sent me, which... Uh, We'll be in the show notes if I hate no, you enough. Okay. The only question left was, was it able to be reattached? As far as I'm aware, it was never fully severed. Oh, okay. Well, that's a plus. Yeah. We, we wish Bemlet all of the health and yes. stop using we, we dangerous. Wish, we wish nine-figured Bemlet all a uh, speedy recovery. <laughs> Good old nine-figure. Nice. <laughs> uh, but CSB did have a note. We should probably read this. Uh, he oh, wanted- yes. He wanted but to you need to you, you need to read it in your mellifluous voice mm, and not yeah, your shouty. Yeah, he doesn't want the shouty voice. He wants more of the NPR delivery. Howdy, Ryan and Darren. Please invite your audience to listen to podcasts by enterprise consultant Gene and InfoSec expert Ben, both from Texas. You can find that interesting podcast at www.justtwogoodoldboys.com. Yo, CSB. Was that good? Now we're taking ads for other podcasts. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, knew this was, I knew this would happen. Just two good old boys. And, and if, okay, seriously, if we have to, if we have to take an ad for a podcast, could it maybe be a good, uh, uh, a good one? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, everybody likes, does it have uh, to be for Gene? Everybody likes Ben, but Gene, I mean, it's questionable. I, I, Ben's cool, but Gene, like Gene doesn't even want to participate in value for value. He's just like, <laughs> I've got money. Oh, I'm just trying to inflict my voice on you. Uh, yeah, it's his exit strategy, not making any money. And hey, look, we got a boost of 60. And he's sucking at it. Yeah, I know. We got a boost of 6666 from the aforementioned NetNed, Black Knight of No Agenda. He says, nothing but love for Sir Bemrose and the one-eyed blind bastard he does the show with. You doing it with somebody else now, too? He says. Uh, well, the, there's a cat, but she has two eyes. Oh, well. Sometimes she has three if she's, you know, brought in pieces of a creature outside and she's got two eyes don't let her anywhere near bemlet some advice you don't want a one-eyed cat we had a one-eyed cat yeah that, that's fireworks a, are a thing yeah. <laughs> okay did you like the firework is this uh i don't want to know I, I i it was so long ago that i believe the statute of limitations has probably expired by now you're also the one that told the story of the dog in a baseball bat or was it a wiffle ball bat it was a wiffle ball bat, but you swing that hard enough and it's like a real bat. I mean, the dog had epilepsy after that. No, oh, Bemlet might now too. <laughs> he that, might in, in his finger. Yes. And it says, okay, love you. You big Irish jackass. Well, thank you, Ned. Ned. We love spreading the love here on the love podcast. That is grumpy old Ben's. What? I can't be an Irish jackass. You probably could be, but are you? Well, my name is Irish. That's close enough. That's close. Well, yeah, it's fine. You can be honorary. It's almost St. Patrick's Day where everybody I'm, will be honorary. I'm not particularly aware of any Irish lineage, but I'm Ryan. Do you like obviously. to drink? I, I do like to drink. Now you're Irish then. Okay. Billy we Bones, can all be Irish. 
came in with 34. 38 says, who gets the sats that I'll boost when Bemrose AI and Darren OGPT are continuing on when you two hang up the keyboards? Well, that'll well, be obviously us. we do. Yeah. I mean, I mean we, still- we would certainly continue collecting money. Yeah. The, the, the bots. That's called rent need, seeking. Yeah. Pots don't need money. They don't got to buy food. They got to. Besides, know. we'd need all of that money in order to keep, to keep our, our AI and electricity. Oh, this is true. Well, I mean, you've got a lot. You've got hydroelectric right there, baby. Yeah. And you need an entire high. Have you, have you seen the stats on how much power these things consume? No, I have not compared to uh, I'm some, I'm assuming somebody has done this because when Bitcoin was running at its most rampant, they were saying how much that was using. How much are these new AIs using? Anybody do that in comparison to like, Bitcoin I don't have mining? stats. I should do some research on that because I, I want to know, like, for example, does, does chat GPT use more than Bitcoin or well, well, in all of these image the generators, and there, this has become big business online. These image generators that are doing nothing but running stable diffusion on huge ass GPUs, and you're paying to for the ass time. GPUs. Yeah, you got to have big ass GPUs. The, the yeah, Nvidia the big, makes the best big ass GPUs for this. The best ass GPUs. Yeah, you got to have the I, Nvidia GPUs. makes the best G- ass GPUs hands down, whether they're big or not. Yeah, I mean they're shapely. Joel W. also came in with 11 and 11. No message. And I believe that does it for all of the boosts that have come in. And the PayPal edge. That's you, a pretty good showing. If you'd like to support this show, even if you hate us, like NetNed does, you can go over to. Uh, oh, wait, we got Servo here. I didn't, did I mention Servo here? No, yeah. Okay, that one we got. I'm just going in because now I get emails as well. Make sure NetNed. Every time something comes into your Albi account, the email comes in. So it's nice. It's a double way to get the boostergram and make sure they're coming through. Yes. Also known as extra spam. The, uh, well, also true. Yes. But if I didn't have that set up for Larry, I would have seen on Satoshi's dot stream that speedy bubble had sent in the one, two, three, four, five, six, which was a very generous donation, but half of it yes. wouldn't have come in and I wouldn't have known. Got to do record keeping. That way you got to know, because otherwise, really, if if you notice if somebody's using one of these, whether it's boost bots, Satoshi's.stream, if they're using that to read your message and that's only getting one percent, if you have an app that will allow you to one by one, OK or not OK, each part of the split, well, you just say no to everything but the one that's going to get read. The little nefarious <laughs> tip there for screwing your podcast friends. Uh, you know, it, it might be easier than that really? because, well, because the actual amount sent, no, no single split recipient knows the actual amount sent. It's just the protocol that there's, there's a particular field attached to the boostogram, which is total amount of Satoshis in this boost. And you can put any number you want into that field. and Nobody's validating the boostergram. So I can send you 20 sats and then add a field that says I'm sending 100,000. <laughs> nice. And, and you would play the baller jingle for me. Baller, shock dollar, 20 inch blade. I said play. Impala. It's a I good said jingle. play. I'd almost rather listen to little Tim. Yeah, probably. 
<laughs> if I use a little reverb, if I use some of that T-Pain. Let's not. Yeah, that'd be good. Let's let's just let's leave it as an exercise for the reader. Let's just highly recommend if you want this show to stay around or any of the shows that you listen to support them for this one. You can go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. Be like NetNed. Be like Dale from Down Under. Be like Mark Ginty. Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley. Servo. Speedy Bubble. Sir Truck Driver. CSB. All of these folks. Billy Bones. Do that. Keep your shows around. We appreciate it. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you coming live. It's always more fun when people are telling us we suck live. It's, it's way less fun if it's not live. We, we suck recorded too. So I know, but it's less fun. Yeah, it is less fun. Uh, so now that we are, what, uh, an hour and 50 into the show, is it time for some tech news? Yeah, do you got any? Tech story. I was I, hoping uh, we'd have a story or two. I don't know. I got one from Mobile World Congress. I could not even bring to Angry Tech News. Uh, Motorola steps up their foldable phone game. Uh, is this still this a is, thing? This have, is have, what, any, have any of these uh, foldable phones been popular yet? I know a few no, have come out. Not a single one. Okay. Um, Lenovo came out with This is a commentary on the state of, of tech journalism and also what is cutting edge at these big, uh, big conferences now. Mobile World Congress, the thing that's getting everybody so excited is Lenovo came out with a new foldable phone that folds in two and looks like when it's folded down, it's like the size of a credit card. Although if, if you had like 30 credit cards, it's about that thick. Right. A big stack. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I would do that, but it, okay. And then Motorola decided that they wanted to one up them and came out with, uh, let's see if I can find a picture of this thing, uh, a phone that rolls up into a bracelet. Well, now that is kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. wear one, but it's kind of interesting. I, I don't even remotely want one, but it's interesting. It's like, okay, it's, there's you can, here. You can make phones here's the link to different the, things. Here's the link to the TechCrunch article, which has some images in it. Um, yeah, it, it has like a, a, a cloth looking back that I guess is both because it's flexible and it goes against your wrist when it's a bracelet. But yeah, they've got some images of this thing rolled up onto your wrist. Well, it, it just weird. snaps onto a watch band. Oh, right. Okay. And that holds it. All right. Oh, that yeah. is just, so this is approximately the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but it's if, a phone that kind of, uh, you can form it to your wrist. Yeah, it's a concept phone, and it's not clear. There, there have been no products announced with this concept. If the concept comes to market, there will be people who use it, and Leo Laporte will show up on a show somewhere with one of these on his wrist, with his penis picture on the display. Yeah, at the it time. might be on there. No, no, the phone. This is not actual size. <laughs> yeah, Just saying, Leo. This, it's not a, it's not phone size. It's wrist belt, wristwatch size. Yeah, that's right. I, like the one of the I don't last, go all the way through. Yeah, what the like, maybe the last picture in that article shows them with like a watch face on. Like, yeah, people are going to use this like a watch. Uh, yeah, I, I, my calculator watch was more stylish. Yeah, my blood pressure cuff is smaller too, so that's <laughs> and maybe more well, stylish. And by the way, I, I don't know if this is a commentary on just how people buy phones, but the thing is still the size of like a seven or eight inch phone. Thing yes. is still huge. Uh, it, hello, you, you know, if the screen were smaller, 
Like we went back to phones from 2007. You know, you remember when a cell phone was like the first touch screens were like five inches. Yes. If, if people could handle not having a goddamn tablet, maybe these things, I don't know. I'm just, How much screen real estate do you really need on a phone? None. I needed to make fucking calls. Maybe read a text message now and then. Honestly, they're all spam. Well, that's just because it's Bemlet. And, and if I had a phone, the hospital. That, yeah, if I had a phone that didn't take text messages, I wouldn't have had to deal with some butt puckering images yesterday. Uh huh. Hey, do you want to see what my finger looks like? You're like, no, no, not really. But I'm going to show you anyway. Actually, his his comment was, uh, "I want you to get the news from me." Uh, you know, so I'm going to just tell you, I I messed up my finger, and I said that's. I said, that's a damn fool thing to do. He said, yeah. And then sent me the images. So I think it was, you know, (laughs) retaliation for my sarcasm. Yay. The guy is known. It's got his thing, man. That's his thing. You're the guy that does the tech news show. He's the guy that hurts himself with uh, chainsaws and axes and other implements that young children should not be playing with or Bemlet. Yeah. Young children or Bemlet. Uh-huh. But we make up some stickers that are just like, you know, not for children slash Bemlet. And like the next time you're over at his house, like stick you know, it on at this point, lawnmower. I think it's probably going to be necessary. We're going to have to get Bemlet on the show to explain what happened in his own words, because I probably misrepresented something and made him sound really bad. And I would rather that he makes himself sound really bad. He'll be like, I was cutting wood. And then I was like, huh, yeah. that looks like my finger. Yeah. <laughs> I was cutting wood and then, uh, you know, the kindling, I had more flesh in it than I was expecting. Uh-huh. And then it really hurt. <laughs> I thought to myself, Bemlet, I think we're going to have to go to the hospital. That's when I blacked out. He'll be like, he'll be, he'll be proud. He's like, I didn't black out. I was fine. Well, he probably was. I wrapped my finger. Feel pain like normal people do. I wrapped my finger in some sourdough bread and I drove myself down to the hospital while I was having a sandwich. Got to be careful. Got to be careful when you're playing with sharp tools, kids. I yeah. I, it's not a mall is not sharp. That's the main difference between that and an axe. It's just that you're putting so much pressure on. Yeah, it. I, I don't. I don't know if this is even remotely necessary and people who split would probably already know this and people who don't split would don't need to, but uh, the whole idea, you know, an ax actually cuts the wood. In fact, you can go, you can go ax across the grain. In fact, that's how you chop trees down with an ax. Um, a maul is blunted on the tip. It's just a wedge shape, but it doesn't cut very well. However, it's heavy. So and it's the idea that. is, the idea is you only cut with the grain and you hit it with a wedge. You usually you want to hit it where there's already a crack. Although if you swing hard enough, it doesn't matter where it is. There will be. But the idea is to put a ridiculous amount of force so that it splits along the grain. And I guess fingers split along the grain too. Yeah, I say, where, where are your, where are your fingers supposed to be at the time of impact? Uh, not in the contact patch. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Poor Bemlet. I'm you're making me think of these images again, and it would be really terrible if 
if Tony's X-ray ended up on social media. So, uh, you don't want to do that. Otherwise I'll have to show you my brother-in-law's leg after the, uh, the German shepherd got him. He's a UPS delivery guy. Uh, Oh, we have breaking news. Digiguru says it's all a lie. Bamlet busted his finger while furiously beating off to an AI generated nudie picture. Well, that makes perfect sense. Now we really need Bamlet on here to what to defend his honor. Does he have honor? No, but uh, I want more details. <laughs> like what kind of and maybe AI? a link to the picture? Obviously, obviously it was really good. If it was <laughs> at that furious of a pace. Obviously of a AI Taylor Swift or something like that. It's just the phrase furiously beating off not make sense to anyone else. Like if, if I'm angry, I'm not usually aroused. Wait, or is that, I just don't have the right kinks. So you've never been aroused because you're always fucking angry. Allegedly. So I don't know how that all works out <laughs> like that. doesn't. And with that, with that, we hope you can come back. Well, not come back. We hope you join us again next week, Wednesday. 1 p.m. It'll be a brand new month. Tomorrow's not even a real day. What's February 29th? Is this real? Are we supposed to be real? Uh, this, this year, it's Thursday. I don't get it. I don't get it. But there'll be some fun going on. I, sure I have a good friend who was born on February 29th of 68. So uh, although he is now going to be 56 years old, I will give him crap that this is only his 19th birthday. So he can not even drink yet. Bastard. Yeah. Join us next week, 1 p.m. Central Time. Noagendastream.com or trollroom.io is where you want to be. If you haven't subscribed yet, go to grumpyoldbenz.com. If you haven't donated yet, oh my goodness, go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. And we will be back next week to do it again. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I don't know much about cutting wood, but I know to keep my fingers away. And... <laughs> From America's left coast, where apparently it's snowing again, I'm Ryan Bemrose, and it is now safe to turn off your computer.